Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Okay, I just glanced over at the Twitch chat. Uh-huh. I don't know what they're talking about. The only sentence I see is, a powerful dog comes with responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Isn't that the Spider-Man thing? <laughs> great dogs with come great Powerful dogs comes powerful responsibility. Generally on our Twitch chat, which you can always watch the show, boss, uh, twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. There's usually two to three conversations going on. Okay. Because there was some talk about, you know, how, oh, I don't understand what kids are talking about either. And then I just look up in Tennessee, Seth is just listing dogs. German <laughs> Shepherds, Huskies, Roddies, Dobies, all well, very strong and fast. Good dogs. Those are great dogs. Um, I used to uh, dog shit for a Newfie. Oh, I love those. Those dogs are those great. Those are awesome. But they don't know their own strength. They're here. They're like bears, you well, know? Because like, they, they want to be like lap dogs. They're so friendly. Yeah. So they'll like jump up on you, and all of a sudden you're getting crushed underneath this those giant. Those are newfie. awesome. They Every, are good They dogs, just make though. me laugh when I see them. Yeah. They're the only Especially dogs the that, like, that an adult can like ride around like a horsey, you know? <laughs> That's why you get one. That is why. You ride it to work, and then you park it outside. And like you a say, dire wolf. I'll, <laughs> I'll be back in eight hours. You stay here. Oh, yeah. no, man. This is the police lot. You can't park your newfie here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Come Traffic on, look at that face. Crazy. Look at that face. Look at all these newfies backed up down Storo Drive. Uh, bad traffic. That's why, you know what? That's why no one booed Draymond Green last night because the traffic was too bad. They no one was ca- in their seats well, yet. Wouldn't that have made them angrier, though, once they got there? Yeah, but by the time they got there, the player intros were over. They missed their moment, you know? <laughs> once that, once that you goes. Got, you have a preoccupation with the player intros at NBA games. I like player intros. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy say, the pageantry. Like, the relief that I saw in your face when I told you that I was in my seat by the time that they were doing the player intros. I was like, phew. <laughs> Arkane gets the goosebumps after they finish. Like, and you know, center for the Golden State Warriors, number five, Kevon Looney, and then the lights go out, <laughs> and all the music starts to play. And then you hear, uh, it was Eddie Pellegrino, get loud for your Boston Celtics. And yeah. Arkane's like, yes, I'm ready to get loud. That's right. I start rocking and leaning like the cheerleaders. You know, like, <laughs> I do the whole thing. Um, it's uh, I, I think that's fun. You know why? Because in the in the old days, cue the music, Ryan. Back in the old days, at the old Garden. They didn't have any. They didn't do any player intros. There were no player intros. There were no cheerleaders. Red Auerbach said, we're not having cheerleaders, and we're not doing any of this fancy crap that they're doing over there in Chicago with the music and all that other stuff. No, no, no. I would have thought, like, L.A., but sure. L.A., whatever. They're not doing it. They weren't doing it. Larry Red Bird, said, we're not doing this. Larry Bird would walk in, uh, put out his cigarette, tie his shoes, and then take the floor. He didn't even wear shoes. He didn't play in shoes. A oh, lot of people true. don't know. That's, right. that. that's how tough he was. Kevin that's McHale. How, that's how long ago. Yeah. It was. Kevin McHale would shotgun a Keystone Ice and then uh, go take the take the opening tip. That's how that's how they played back then. And uh, there was no none of that stuff. So now that they have it, I like it. When Kevin Garnett used to scream right before that thing started, that was awesome. I Everybody like loved that. that. Oh, man, that was great. When they brought that back for Kevin Garnett uh, last year, that was cool, too. Um, Anyways, we're not here to talk about Kevin Garnett this hour. We do want to talk about the Patriots. And I know, what's there to say about the Patriots? They're interviewing offensive coordinators. I think they talked with Sean Jefferson today, or they were scheduled to talk with Jefferson today. Um, The Bill O'Brien interview was yesterday, and uh, there's some questions now. Questions about O'Brien and whether or not an offensive coordinator job is even what he's looking for at this point. 
there's still plenty of head coaching vacancies out there in the NFL. Maybe there's a team that likes O'Brien for something like that. Uh, Burt Breer was on NBC Sports Boston last night, and he tackled some of these questions along with the Patriots and how they may be in the same position as another team also in the AFC East was last year. I mean, as far as I've heard, like it sounds like everything went smoothly into plan. Like, And I don't think this thing is a slam dunk. You know, there's obviously potentially some other opportunities for him out there. Does the, do the Tennessee Titans give him a call? They've obviously got an opening. They just wrapped up their general manager search. He's also very close with Monty Austin for it, the new GM in the Arizona. So could he get a head coaching interview in Arizona? I think all these things are things to consider, but certainly I think this is what everybody you know who roots for the Patriots wanted because he's got background in the offense. I think the transition here will be seamless. He's got some background, not a ton, but some background with Mac Jones. It feels to me like this is all sort of set up where the Patriots, if they wanted to close the deal quickly, they could. Can we start there? Sure. If the Patriots wanted to close the deal quickly, they could, but Breer says it's not a slam dunk. The interview yesterday was not a slam dunk. Went as planned, like sounds like it was successful, but it wasn't like at the end, like, Everybody high-fived. Right. They were like, let's get started. They weren't like, you're not leaving here till you sign this contract, Bill. Like, that didn't happen. Well, like, that would be kind of disrespectful in a way, don't you think? Yeah. If somebody hands you a job offer and they're like, you decide this right here now. You're like, no. Otherwise, the offer's off the table. Yeah. Like, I hate crap that, like that, that. No, yeah. you got to be like, hey, you know, I need a little bit to talk to my family. And, of course, that doesn't really, like, mean much because you've already talked to your family. Sure. But you you want to go home and think it over and make sure that you can't, you know, squeeze a little more out of it. Really is the truth. Was a job offered, do you think? Do you think they said, you're our man, we want you, and this is... Well, this was something that Tommy Kern slipped in a little bit when we talked to him the other day. He said that he thought there would be an offer. That He he said it kind of casually, so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take it as a report, but it was kind of like, that's a foregone conclusion. That he, that Bill O'Brien, if I'm remembering correctly, I hope I'm remembering correctly... But I do remember that conversation going as if it's expected generally that the logical thing would be for him to get the offer. Okay. So let's say an offer was made and it wasn't taken right there at the table, you know, and then Bill said, that's great. Thanks for the offer. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to go think about it. End of the weekend. Well, how about I'm going to take about it, it through home the week? and I'm going to work some back channels with some other people. Well, yeah, I'm going to interview with these other play- head coaching we, we jobs haven't, now. We haven't seen him get interviewed anywhere else, right? That's where the Monty thing uh, is really interesting that Breer slipped in there. Yeah, and uh, the Arizona situation is one that I think O'Brien could do okay in. You know, as a head coach, I don't know. For an offensive coordinator, I think that he still has all the chops and all the qualifications for that and the – Patriots would be much better off with him as their offensive coordinator, sure. But I don't think that, you know, we all talk about it like it's such a great fit, and it is for the Patriots. But for Bill O'Brien, it's the same job he had 11 years ago, and now he's reapplying for it. If there's a head coaching job out there that he can take, of course he's going to take it, right? Like, that's sort of what I think. I don't know. And, like, there's the family aspect of it, which Curran, again, said was a big, big thing in his decision-making process. And I'm sure it is. But there's also a big difference between coordinator money and head coach money. And yes. for your family, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a no-brainer there, too. You know, I'll see you in the offseason. It's also, Honey, we're look, <laughs> making a lot of money here. Here's the other side of it. You know, I do think this is a good situation for Bill O'Brien to walk into and that he'll most likely be successful, at least on its face, mm-hmm. if he comes in here and turns things around. And everything. Like, it's going to be successful, I believe. How That's not a guarantee, though. If he has the opportunity to have a head coaching job in Arizona— versus the opportunity 
to be an offensive coordinator here, maybe fail and then have no options other than continue doing the job to your point that he was doing years ago. You know, do you really like if you can skip the step that you might fail at, wouldn't you do that? Yeah, they have very strict criteria right now in Arizona, too. Ego will not be tolerated in this organization. Okay. You say so there. You say so there, Monty. Um, Breer went on to talk about the team. Okay. Breer went on to talk about the Patriots and the uh, position that they're in right now with their quarterback. Um, and he compares it to a team which, uh, you know, you, you think about it, it's not really that far off of a comparison, certainly with the position that they're in with their Alabama quarterback who, uh, well, maybe didn't have the greatest season. I look at this as such a critical point with your young quarterback, and I've made this comparison before. I think the Patriots are right now where the Dolphins were with Tua Tungvaloa last year, where they really didn't have answers on who they have as a quarterback to the point where they're ready to make a decision on potentially a $30 million fifth-year option or extending the guy. And so now, in his third offseason, they've got to do things to try to put pieces around him where they can get clarity on the quarterback. One way to do that is to go with the safest guy, the safest pick as your offensive coordinator, and that's very clearly Bill O'Brien. Okay. Well, the good news is now Miami is really clear with what they're going to do it to. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, that does throw a wrench into all of this, and I know that whenever I've praised Mike McDaniels or the, you know, the, the Dolphins and what they've done with Tua, yeah. there's a giant uh, asterisk, and that is that, yeah, God, Tua may never off. play football again. Show off with the tough word. Because of all his concussions that he's gotten. And I agree that that's an awful thing, and it's it sucks for them and it sucks for him. But prior to that, Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, he really unlocked something this year. That, that I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like he, what what Tua became, Mac Jones could only hope and pray. And I think that you need to have those kind of receivers and people to throw to, sure. But you also have to have someone designing an offense that plays to your strengths. And Tua, I mean, listen, Tyreek Hill is the type of wide receiver who can do a lot of different things. He can get open down the field. He can get open over the middle. Like he's he's shifty and fast, and he can do a lot of things. But Tua Tagovailoa is not Russell Wilson bombing the ball 65, you know, Josh Allen 65-yard bombs down the field. I, I like how you switched that. <laughs> or either one of them. Really quickly. Wilson, I mean, Wilson used to be more of that, yes, but yes. now Allen's more of that guy. And so, like, that's not Tua. He could be, you know, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill could work with a guy like that, and certainly uh, uh, Waddle can, but, like, they were able to streamline an offense that worked out perfectly for everybody. I mean, that offense was a well-oiled machine until Tua started, you know, started banging his head, unfortunately. And that's uh, that's a big wrench to throw into all this. But I think that ultimately here, like, the Patriots would do well to sort of emulate, aside from the concussion an- angle of it, but emulate what the uh, Dolphins did in terms of uh, streamlining the offense and building something that made their quarterback comfortable. I would be worried about the streamlining idea because I think that's what they try to do. They say that they try to do with the playbook this year. Like, I'm not sure that's exactly. And I don't know that they can replicate what the Dolphins did, where they shored up the line at the same time that they were able to get Tyreek Hill and already had Waddle in there. Mm-hmm. Like, the the Patriots just feel further away from that. But at the same time, I Mac is a different kind of quarterback. And I think that if they can get an offensive coordinator in here who can understand what Mac's strengths are, to your point, and play to those, that's just the first step. I don't like. I don't know if at the end of next season they're going to be able to tell 
if Mac is a franchise guy. And that's really scary. That's what's so scary about having this lost year is like it's not just that it feels like a regression for Mac. It looks like a regression for Mac and not even just being put in this holding pattern. But you lost a whole year of evaluation unless you really believe that this is who Mac is. And if you do, then if this is if you believe that this is who Mac is, then you've already made your decision. It's kind of true. Guys, thanks. <laughs> guys, that, it, with if that's what you it's believe, I mean, true, no, I, I'm saying I agree with you. I think that if this is if this is what Mac, if you've made that decision, right? Like if that's sort of where you where you stand on it, then, but then wouldn't you be moving on? You would be. Wouldn't you behind the scenes be trying to find some find a new quarterback? Except you still have a financial incentive here. Right, yeah. if you're if you're trying to find a new quarterback, it means you got to draft a new quarterback, and then you have mm-hmm. to go through all that, or you have to sign somebody or or something else. You still so you have try a cost to make control. It work for another year with the quarterback on the cheap contract, and yeah. See how far you get? And I'll tell you what, that's right up Bill Belichick's alley, isn't it? It's you know, just that so sort of dark. thing. It is, but that's, yeah, right? that's right. I know, I know, Bill. It is, and that's why I think you're not you're not going to move on from him now, unless they go to Bailey Zappi or something, or decide to really downgrade and uh, say anybody can do this. Happen. I don't think so either. I think the team and the organization really likes Mac Jones, and I also think that teammates. You know, unless you want to really overhaul that roster again then you have to stick with Mac Jones because you saw that poem he uh, posted on Instagram. All his teammates replied to it. Almost every single one of the offensive linemen, defensive players, wide receivers, tight ends. Everybody's in there like, yeah, Mac, cool. Like, yeah, yeah you're, you're cool. my Rudyard guy. Cool Rudyard Kipling my poem. Guy. <laughs> my man. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. Like, I, whatever. I'm not even making fun of him, although that was like the poem that everybody – Everybody read on their high school graduation. You if know, you can keep your head when all about it's you are losing poem. theirs okay. and blaming it on you. I think like seven or eight kids from my high school class all got like a framed, <laughs> that poem in a frame <laughs> for like graduating high school, which is fine. Either way. Uh, Apparently it's a poem that his dad taught him and that's nice. That's why great. you gotta be such a jerk? I'm just being a jerk, whatever. God, Either way. He likes poetry. So what, you don't like a quarterback who likes poetry? You can like poetry all you Sounds want. Sounds like you can. If the you point can trust yourself when all men are doubting you but make allowance for their oh, I'm doubting I'm sorry, it's too. not Robert Frost. He wasn't walking by the woods on a snowy evening or whatever that one is. Uh, that's a good one. Someone told me that their dad used to read that to him, to her every night. And I said, that's disgusting. That poem's about sex. And she got really upset. And I said, that was a joke. Walking through the woods in a snowy <laughs> yeah, evening's not. about sex? It's not. Though. I think it might be about death. Okay. That's usually poems are about death All or sex. All poems are about or death both. or sex. I'm pretty sure. Or looking at a pond. Or, yeah, or yeah. like walking into a river with stones in your pockets. Right. Or the or sidewalk a, ends. A tiger that's on fire. Tiger, tiger, burning bright. Remember that one? I don't know that one. It's Who William, that William one? Blake, I think. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, 617. Yes, this is Poetry Corner here on NPR. Uh, 617 <laughs> uh, WBUR Public Broadcasting. Uh, we'll be right back right after trending here with Ryan Garb. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. We're right back to WEEI. Sports Radio WEEI is Boston Sports Original. Christian Arkin, Megan Ottolini here with you until 6 o'clock. We'll get to the division round in just a minute. Chiefs Jaguars, Eagles Giants, Bills Bengals, Niners Cowboys. Some good games there. Some exciting matchups. Interesting matchups. The only one I think that uh, you look at and doesn't really have that much juice might be Chiefs Jaguars. Yeah, like that's, I, I mean, that's the, the only very, one. The very first one is a bit of a... Uh, I mean, unless you think that Trevor Lawrence is going to put together two second halves. It's a playoff game at Arrowhead, which I think is inherently uh, fun. And I do think that the Chiefs are a little vulnerable. I do. I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like we say this all the time and then they end up uh, just oh, yeah. cruising back to the Super Bowl or to the championship game or something like that. Or the we conference sit here championship. and we go, oh, they're not the 2019 Chiefs. They're not those Chiefs. They're not that Chiefs. So then... There they are. Yeah, there they are. Uh, I think the Jaguars should be a good game. Eagles-Giants is going to be great. Bills-Bengals, I think, is going to be fun, even though the uh, Bengals are getting screwed there. And Niners-Cowboys, I'm excited for as well. Um, We'll get to the uh, more in-depth on those matchups in just a moment. But first, let's go to the phone. 617-779-7937 is your number. Let's talk to Steve, who is in Fall River. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good, Steve. How are you? I feel like you downplayed the talent level of the Miami receivers and you overplayed what the coaches did. And I think a lot of people are doing that and that's leading them to think we're going to solve all the problems the New England Patriots have by bringing in different coordinators to run this offense. And I think it's time to quantify what these two sides of the ball are. And I'll start with my quantification, the coaching in the NFL is, out of the four major sports, the most impactful. But I think it only represents 20% of the product on the field. I think the players represent 80%, and the quarterback represents a boatload of that 80%. So, I, you know, we've got a quarterback here, Mac Jones, who's, you know, going into his third year. We hope he becomes Daniel Jones with good coaching and a better roster. But you have to have guys that can play and if it's on your offense you have to have playmakers yeah all right thanks Uh, thanks for the call steve i agree you do have to have playmakers um with that said you know the quarterback makes up a big percentage of it yeah that's true but 
Tua Tagovailoa wasn't some great quarterback. He wasn't some game-breaking quarterback. He was a first, second-year guy who was kind of struggling to find his way and dealing with injuries. And, you know, he had uh, Waddle last year, and Waddle, I think, set the rookie receptions record. So, I mean, you know, it's not like it was totally different. The big difference was, I th- well, Tyree Kill obviously was a big one too, but the coach came in and completely revamped that whole offense and made it into something totally unrecognizable from the Brian Flores offense. I mean, come on, it's not even, it's not even close. Uh, and again, Tyree Kill is a big, big factor into that. Of course he is, but he's one guy. And it wasn't just him. It wasn't just Tyreek Hill running, you know, go routes or running across the middle of the field. It's different in this, uh, in this, in this Miami offense. It's completely different. And I think that that to sort of dismiss that is uh, is dismissing a big, big chunk. That being said, it takes more than just coaching. He's right about that. You do need to put the players there. And the Patriots, I'm not sure, committed to that. I'm not sure that they're committed to doing what it takes to get a Tyree kill in here or a wide receiver of that caliber. I don't think that they really value those type of players that much. Historically, they haven't. So it's interesting to me because I know Tommy Curran, when he was on here with us the other day, he's been banging this drum that they don't have to do that much else at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Like re-sign Jacoby Myers, which I feel like they should, to keep that production on the team and kind of a sure thing at receiver that they should re-sign him, even if it's, you know, ten million a year, eleven million a year. I don't know about twelve million a year. <laughs> but in that ballpark, they should do it. Um I go to twelve I go to fifteen for Myers. I would there you go. I so think, you're all in. I think he's worth that. If it was, you know, if if you're trying to keep him and and not have him sign away to another team, I think his market could get up to fifteen. But I, I feel like Steve the caller's underlying point there was that the talent that they have in Miami with the receivers is so far away from the talent that you have here in New England and I'm not sure if that's totally true like I know it looked that way completely this year but I don't think we can underscore enough how much that's tied to the coordinator it really is and I know you can say that coaching is only this percent or that percent but when I look at the numbers from some of the receivers who you assume are going to be here again next year and who are going to be high up on the depth chart, like Devontae Parker, only 539 yards, 31 catches. Kendrick Bourne, 434 yards. This was a guy mm. who I think a lot of us predicted to have a 1,000-yard season. And I just don't think that that – this year demonstrates who those guys can be. Maybe that's a little pie in the sky, a little optimistic, but I really feel that way. I really feel like it's going to, the pendulum's going to swing if they're here and you assume that they're going to be here much further in the other direction than what we saw this year. And maybe they're not going to be Tyreek Hill. Like you can look at those guys and say they don't have that natural speed. Most receivers don't. Right. And maybe you feel like you they need to go out and get somebody like that. I mean, you have a speedster in Tyquan Thornton, but I don't think that they're those guys. I don't think that Kendrick Bourne is a 434-yard guy. Like, come on. Yeah. It's like half of what he did last year. You know, it's funny. They're interviewing Sean Jefferson today, and in some ways, I sort of feel like he'd be a perfect guy on this team because all the wide receivers are kind of like Sean Jefferson. You know what I mean? Like Kendrick Bourne is sort of like Sean Jefferson. Yeah. He, like, I think there's a little bit of him in the uh, Devonte Parker, you know, you remember Jefferson, like he didn't put up huge numbers. He'd give you like seven, 800 yards. That's about like a Jacoby Myers season. Like all these guys 
or very Sean Jefferson-y. You know, like I feel like there's there's a lot of that in this uh, wide receiver room. Now, does that mean that you want to bring in a receiver like that and then and have them run the offense? Maybe. I'd prefer to upgrade. Like, no, just to Sean Jefferson. I liked him a lot when I was a kid, and I thought he was a great player. But, you know, you, you wanted them to... You wanted them to have somebody else, you know. You want you you'd feel good about that, but then you'd really want Jerry Rice or you know Randy Moss or Chris Carter or Tim Brown or one of those guys back in the nineties. Jesus, uh, I'm Knocking sorry about water that. Over there. Uh, luckily, the cap was on, but uh, yeah, Sean Jefferson no never had a, a thousand yard season. Yeah, I'm not surprised. A lot of targets though. Where he was, he was getting targeted a lot, and uh, he was reliable. Over Twice caught a lot of balls and was a reliable target there on those uh, on those teams in the nineties on those Bledsoe teams. So like he, there's a role for guys like that. Obviously, it's just that's all the Patriots have. All the Patriots have is a bunch of John Jeffersons, and you know eventually you want to have somebody who's just a little bit more of a game breaker. That's I also all. feel that it's okay if you want the Patriots to go out and get a star wide receiver because you want to watch a star wide receiver every week in your team's uniform. Yeah. Like, I feel like people dance around that a little bit because they're like, well, this is how other teams win and this is the development of the quarterback. And you can make those cases, but you can also make the case of it's just a lot more fun to watch guys like that play, to watch Stefan Diggs play, to watch Justin Jefferson play. Like, Devontae Adams when it's the true. Raiders can get something going to see those guys play in your uniform. That's okay, too. It's just, you know... I don't I don't know if that's one of the top priorities for your offense in this offseason. I'd say in the last the last 3 Super Bowl winners all had game-breaking wide receivers. Cooper Cup last year, um you had uh, uh Tampa Bay with uh, all the guys they had. Godwin, Evans, Evans and Godwin. And then uh, Tyreek Hill was uh, Tyreek Hill in 2020 with the Chiefs. I mean, that's the last three years. Those are the last three teams. They all had game-breaking, historic wide receiver play. And I know know, it's just the way it is. You said it, you know, under your breath, but I I agree with you, Megan. And before he went completely off his rocker, there was a really, really high level of intrigue when the Patriots did go out and sign Antonio Brown. It's like, yes, finally, let's give, this is the best guy, the best wide receiver that Tom Brady's probably had since Randy Moss. Oh, they are going to destroy. And it looked really promising for that one week that he played here, but that's just it. And by the way, look at, you know, yes, it would be a lot of fun to have a star receiver, but again, the obvious, look at what Stefan Diggs has done for Josh Allen. Look at what Tyreek Hill has done for uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Jefferson. I mean, there's a reason that the the Vikings played as well as they did this year. It's just like that one piece unless they figure out how to use Devonte parker because i don't think they were using him right early on in the season but yeah i completely agree Devonte parker i think has that kind of potential i think that we saw there's something there there's something kendrick there born, with that guy last year i think kendrick Bourne. we sort of thought the next step for him would be maybe a thousand yard season after he 800 yards with a rookie uh, quarterback like there was reason to think that that would get better um you need I think at this point in the NFL, and I know the Patriots got along a long time and won a lot of championships without this per se, but at this point in the NFL with a quarterback who's not Tom Brady, these are the things you need to do. These are the things you need to do to elevate your uh, your QB play and your offense play. And instead, they did the polar opposite of that. They brought in a coach who didn't know what he was doing and uh, didn't uh, bring in any big wide receivers. Let's go to the phone. 617-779-7937. There's your number. Nate's in the truck. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? You're absolutely right with the uh, the receivers. I mean, we talk about the uh, you got to score more than 30 points to win these games. What do you think that's going to be on the heels of? Not a running back. It's going to be on a top uh, receiver. You got to look at all these offenses. The uh, you know KC's with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to Kelsey to Joe Burrow with uh, Chase and Higgins. 
this day and age of like defenses going to win championships and only defenses. It, it's that's not what today's NFL is nowadays. You 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 got to get at least a number one or a number two in this. Uh, Patriots offense, you've got number threes and fours, and that's just not going to make it. Yeah, Nate, thanks for the call, and you're absolutely right. And just look at these teams playing the division round. The Jaguars spent big on Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs, they don't have great wide receivers, but they went out and signed Smith-Schuster. Well, they also have the they have a really good tight end. the best though. quarterback in the whole league. Best quarterback, for sure. But I'm just talking about, you know, do you need these type of players to win? And I think you do. The Eagles, I can't even measure the impact that A.J. Brown's had on that team. The they, Bills, I, the Bengals, say, the Niners, know, and Cowboys. Everybody except the Giants really has uh, elite level wide receivers. Out play. of the teams that you watch this weekend uh, in the divisional round, watch the Eagles. I think it's so interesting what they did in their offseason with Jalen Hurts because mm. in a really similar position where they really didn't know whether they should go in on Jalen Hurts or not and a different kind of quarterback than Mac, but getting A.J. Brown, getting an offensive coordinator in there, um, like I, I believe also his third in three years or something along those lines, maybe the second in three years, but I think the third. Um, and he's been through a lot of offensive coordinators in college and such. And look at them now. Like, they figured it out. They they're, they turn it around, and they're in a really great position. And so we talk about, oh, what, like, Cincy did with Joe Burrow and what uh, what um, Buffalo did with Steph Diggs. Yep. And, and I just think that's a really interesting test case. I think so, too. I think that... The ni- I mean, you know, the Niners with Debo Samuel, the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb. I mean, there's there's been a lot of instances where they just hit in the draft. And, you know, the Bengals, I mean, they had Jamar Chase, who was the number one. But, like, you know, for a lot of these teams, they hit in the draft. The Eagles drafted Devontae Smith. He was, you know, he was an Alabama guy. They, they uh, hit a home run with him. And now they have, through the trade and through their drafting, a wide receiver room that's right up there. I mean, those two, you look at their numbers. They I mean, had 2,000-yard receivers this year. They're unbelievable. Those in, two are unbelievable this year. In points scored, the Eagles went from 12th place to 3rd place, and I think a lot of that has to do with what they were able to do with A.J. Brown. Because, by the way, while the Patriots were getting the doors blown off in the uh, the wild card last year, guess who else looked like complete trash and like they did not belong whatsoever? You're right. was the Philadelphia Eagles. They got smoked by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I mean, that game was never close. They had some garbage time touchdown at the end. But it's just, I don't know if it's a mental block with this team as far as, oh, defense is going to win. Guess what? The Patriots scored over 30 points one time this year. And it was against the Cleveland Browns. And who was quarterbacking that oh, game? I forget. Bailey who was it? Zappy. It was Bailey Zappi. That's right. Bailey it was Bailey Zappi who yeah. had the one 30-plus point game. So, oh, you know what? I take it back. They don't need to get a top-line wide receiver. You know what? They just got to play Zappi. That's all. Zappy. I would Great. love to just be in the position next year with the Patriots where instead of where we are now, like it's like the Jalen Hurts conversation where people are like, is Jalen Hurts really this good? Is Jalen Hurts just a fraud? Is Jalen Hurts just a product of the environment he's in? Kind of closer to where we were with Mac last year instead of just like, oh my God, is it going to be going back into the draft again? Should they bring Jimmy Garoppolo in a bloated contract? Should they, you know, are they going to do these pick swaps, whatever? Like it's just, oh, can you at least get back to the fraud conversation? Can, I, you, can you get... Back to that standard of like, is this a product of the environment of Foxborough rather than is the Patriot way dead? You know, because it yeah. feels like that's where we're at. It feels like it's on life support at the very least. And, you know, you have a new team with a lot of new players in it and uh, guys that just got here. 
guys that either just got drafted recently and are now asked to play an important role in the team, like quarterback and other big positions, or you're talking about free agents who just signed for big money and are here now and maybe aren't super impressed with what they're seeing so far and don't really love the direction that their career is going in now that they've joined the New England Patriots. When has that ever been a thing before? You know, like, that was the Patriot way. That was a big part of it. That was a big part of the allure and the mystique and and sort of everything. These free agents and these other players that they brought in, even if they drafted one. And, uh, you know, they didn't seem like right away the player was catching on. Well, you just wait till that second year and now all of a sudden Damian Harris is the starting running back. And now all of a sudden, you know, who knows? But it just doesn't happen like that anymore. God. Now, Bill Belichick would wax poetic over offensive players in their second year. Specifically, I remember him talking about how big Philip Dorsett was going to be his second <laughs> year with the system. Like, oh, here we go. We are living in the Phil Dorsett era. I mean, look at Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne was sitting on a golf cart with Mike Reese talking about how dope the new system was. And everybody knows their role. And they're going to put us in a position to succeed to being in Matt Patricia's effing doghouse for 60% of the year. Because, I don't know, he had a problem with how they were trying to run this Shanahan offense, which they inevitably threw out. Let Kendrick cook. Yeah, maybe let him run the offense. Real, <laughs> at, least he, at least he knew what it was. I'd do it. Um, Real can, quick, yes. can I run through these with you? Who you want? Not who you got. Who do you want? Chiefs, Jags. Jags. Are you just going to choose dogs the whole way through? You said who do I want? Okay, yeah, Jags. Jags. Eagles, Giants. Um, man, I hate both these teams, but I hate the Eagles a little bit more, so Giants. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're like really on different sides with this. <laughs> I would say I would like the Chiefs uh-huh. and I would like the Eagles so okay. far. Just because those are the teams I would like to see keep playing. Like I love Brian Dayball. Really fun story there with Danny Dimes. But I, I actually want to see the good football teams keep it, going. It makes Joe Judge look so bad, though, if the Giants keep going. I think that's, that's true. Very that's fun. true. That, that is, is a fun so talking funny. point. That is a fun talking point. Bills, Bengals. I think the Bengals are getting screwed, uh, so I'll root for them in this one just because the Bills are a division team, but also hard to root against Buffalo. I still will, though. I'll take the Bengals. See, okay, I like the Bengals because I love Joe Burrow. Oh, right. And yeah. I felt like that made me a bad person rooting <laughs> against the Bills. So I'm glad that you are also on that in that ship with me, on that boat, on the boat with me. I don't know. Whatever. Keep moving. Uh, 49ers, sailing. Cowboys. Um, I want the Niners to advance. I don't like the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. Yeah, Thank you. I'm all set with the Cowboys. Let's see Brock Purdy go out there and, uh, and carve up that defense. I would love to see Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. You thought Twitter was <laughs> annoying last week. Oh, Brock Purdy reminds me of another quarterback that went very late in the draft hmm. and carried his team to a Super Bowl. This is true. We should really just root for the— Nick Foles. For the, uh, yes, Nick Foles, of course. For the teams that are going to have the storylines that relay most directly back to the Patriots. So we can talk about that. I'll tell you what. If the Jaguars beat the Chiefs, that's bad news for the Patriots, I believe. I think that if uh, Trevor Lawrence has some real playoff postseason success, if he goes to Arrowhead and beats Patrick Mahomes, then just add that to another quarterback and another team that's probably you're going to have to be looking up at for the next couple of years because I don't think Mac Jones and the Patriots be anywhere close to doing something like that. Um, that's just sort of where Two I Two Bama quarterbacks going deep in the playoffs and one of them is not Mac Jones? Yeah, I don't know. That can we talk awesome. about this, um, what's happening with the AFC championship and yes. what it might signal next? Absolutely, because I think it could be one of the biggest mistakes the NFL, yes, the NFL has ever made. Uh, we'll do that right after these words. This is WEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
617-779-7937. There's your phone number. It's Christian Arkan, Megan Ottolini here. Going until 6 o'clock. We'll get to your phone calls here in just a moment. I, ca- I can't. Can't what? This microphone. The microphone's falling. broken now, too? Look, I don't know. Look at this. <laughs> it's just falling over. I, it's probably it's something gone, it's I gone did. Limp. It has. It is not simping for me. No. The microphone's not a simp. Why did we tweet that out? Uh, hey, it's a good segment. Why did we tweet that out? Do funny. you know what you're asking for? I know what you're asking for. Real quick question. Are figs good for you? I've heard yes. Figs? Okay. Yeah, figs. I uh, got this, like, fig bar from I think the, so. I think they are. I'm eating it because it looked like the healthiest thing in there. Uh, not the uh, double Snickers notice, like I got no- the other day. <laughs> did you notice I'm the, doing uh, the body by Arcan plan? Whoa, that's rough. Hey. Okay, Jose wow. Iglesias. Jeez. <laughs> Taking it from all the, the shrapnel from all sides here. You notice the salad I got at lunch? I did notice that with the fried chicken in it. Yeah. Uh, it was crispy chicken. <laughs> no, it was grilled chicken. And then you went. And then you changed it to oh, the wait, fried chicken. There's, grilled ch- there's crispy chicken? I'll have that. Quote. Somebody else at the table ordered crispy chicken, and I said I didn't know that was an option. Mm-hmm. Toss that in there. I got what I always get when I go over to uh, uh, Stockyard. I got my French dip because that is mwah, the best thing they. I, I think it is. I think it's the best uh, French dip in the world. I think it's weighed you down during this show. It may have. It I may have. I feel like um. I feel like your energy has been a little off at some point. It's the jus. That's why the jus got me. <laughs> at least you had a good lunch, though. It did. I had a very good lunch. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. Before we get to your phone calls, real quick, Adam Schefter tweeted today that more than fifty thousand tickets were purchased by the Bills and Chiefs season ticket holders in the first 24 hours they were for sale for the if-needed neutral site AFC championship game. Bills fans would be seated on their side of the field. Chiefs fans would be on the other side. Now, they're going to play this game in St. Louis. Is that right? What? I'm going to throw up. Why? Uh, oh, my God. What? The text line says that figs contain bugs and bug eggs. <laughs> Is figs that true? I'm sorry, I'm having my, my ADHD is acting up. This is, is that true? Are there bugs in figs? Do Yes, there are dead bugs in figs. Oh my, oh my God. The, the fig digests the dead bug as it ripens and uh, basically crushes it into like ash and dust. So the crunchy texture at the center is just the seeds. Don't worry, that's not bugs, but there are bugs in there. Yeah. So what? That's disgusting. You, ever, you know what's in a hot dog? No, but I don't. Nobody's <laughs> okay, telling bugs, me. Actually, you ever, see, question, you ever saw what they put in the hot dog? You'd be uh, rushing to go eat bugs. <laughs> Come on, uh, that's uh, that's that doesn't bother me at all. So what? You ever seen a grown man naked? Ever <laughs> eaten a dead bug? <laughs> yeah. I feel sick. I went one level fact, further. Yeah. Uh, it says, "Are there really dead wasps in your figs?" Dead wasps. Dead wasps. Uh, which says no. Uh, while female wasps lay eggs within a fig fruit, the crunch you experience oh, when eating a fig does not come from those eggs. So apparently enough people have had the freak out that Mego is currently experiencing live in real time uh, like th- these people have. You guys ever eaten uh, crickets? No. You ever, had a, you ever eaten a cricket? No, a cricket, that's a mariner's yeah. thing, right? I've had like a fried cricket. I was in Mexico. But I knew I was eating a cricket. I didn't know that a fig is made of bugs. Oh, so what? That's just... I'm just going to stick to junk food If you've eaten a cricket, then what's wrong with eating the uh, fig bug? <laughs> you know? Like, what's the difference? Somebody says, how the F didn't you know this? Do, I don't does know. everyone know that figs are bugs? I, I don't just know anything about that. 
I didn't know that there was uh, bugs and figs, but I'm not bothered by it. I'm not even put off by it. You <laughs> said hot dogs are just lips and buttholes. <laughs> it's true. That's what hot dogs are. Delicious cow buttholes. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of hungry for one right now. Um, but yeah, no, it fit, that wouldn't even bother me. You could have told me that while I was eating a fig, I would have continued eating it. It wouldn't even. I, wouldn't I feel even like stop. I'm on fear factor. Have you ever had Rocky Mountain oysters? What is that? Is that oh, like one of those things like take uh, away our canned. Uh, one of those things that people make up in high school? No, no, no it's oysters. a real thing. Are real things that you can uh, buy in Colorado? They are deep fried cow balls. Uh, is what they are. They deep they flatten them out and then they bread them and they deep fry them. If and you I, deep fry anything, it tastes good. Well, Dark yeah, fun. that's the thing. And I was first uh, tricked into eating them. I didn't know what it was. I was young, and uh, someone tricked me into eating it. And so now, then I figured, well, now that I've eaten them, I can trick other people because I've already done it. You know, like I've already, I've already crossed the threshold. I don't even want to look at this, line. man. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Rocky Mountain oysters, oh, yeah. figs, all eat Look, those look at that. That's probably not even real figs in there. It's like a, that's a granola. Are you, bar. You're trying to make me feel better. Did you read the ingredients? Did they list uh, dead wasps as one of the ingredients? <laughs> you should always read the backs no, of stuff. No, this is a scam. Sorry, I've taken this really off the rails. It's just I did not know. I, I got to stop looking at the text line. I believe I the neutral site game was going to be held in Atlanta. I could have gone the rest of my life without knowing that. You know that you swallow like a bunch of spiders in your life in, in, when you're sleeping? Did you know that? That's a myth. Is that a myth? That's a myth. Is that true? I thought that was true. That's 100% true. Yeah, that right. It's not true. In your life, you swallow like a bunch of spiders. I it's like eight spiders or something. And in your then sleep, people, yeah. people will say like, oh, a year. Because that's not a real, it's like when they, people attribute quotes to Abraham Lincoln. And it's like, no, that just came from the internet. Oh, okay. I guess it's not true. Yeah, you found it, right? Yeah, I found it. See, this is no fun when you look up what the real answer is. Yeah, that's I lame. like our version of Ripley's Believe It or Not, where we just believe every th- gross thing that we that comes to our mind. Yeah, yeah that's better. Um, 617-779-7937. Uh, so you're not going to finish that the granola bar is what you're telling me? Dude, there's dead bugs in it. I mean, there might be. How does everyone else know this? Not every single fig has a dead bug in it, I don't think. Right? It sounds like Or do they because they have to, like, pollinate? Maybe that's why. It they, sounds they do like have that's to the main component of figs is dead bugs. Well, that's how it gets that delicious tang. <laughs> that's how you get that flavor. <laughs> All the dead wasp uh, uh, gristle in there. There are actually 900 species of fig wasps responsible for pollinating the world's 900 species of figs. One of which that Megan was eating deliciously until two minutes ago when she looked at the Tell text you I line. I need to brush my teeth. Which never goes well for anybody. Uh, that's why you should never look at the text line. 617-779-7937. Anyway, neutral site for the There's AC your phone number. They were going to do a neutral site. It's a big mistake. We'll uh, explore more of that in the final hour coming up next. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.